My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you Go ahead and clap your hands to Jesus and lift your voice. Give him praise and glory and honor. How many of you would agree with me that there is absolutely nobody like Jesus? No one like my Jesus. He has blessed us. He has kept us. And he will continue to do so. Because God is faithful to his promise, is he not? Does anybody have a testimony that God is faithful? Is that your witness tonight? The Lord is good. And he's been good to me. And I rejoice in what the Lord has done. Psalm 119, 165. And then Matthew 24, 8 through 12. Here is a very critical matter that the church needs to learn. And we need to be taught from God's word on how to do this. I've applied these truths to my own personal walk in life. And I can testify that they work. If you work them and you have to do them every single time you're confronted by the enemy. But if you will do it, God will bless you and he will help you and he will strengthen you and he'll deliver you from every offense that comes against you. So here is what I want to share with you tonight on how not to be offended. Because it's the number one killer in Pentecostal churches today. And I've never known anybody getting offended over truth. It's always something that's not necessarily truth. It's something more petty than that. But Psalm 119, 165 declares, Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing, everybody say nothing. I mean, that's exactly what it means, shall offend them. So if you love the word of God and you love his law, and you will have great peace and nothing will offend you. Matthew 24 and 8 through 12. Now, Jesus taught us that here at the end of time, one of the hidden signs of the times that very few people talk about, very few people preach about, is that many shall be offended all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Do we know anything about that? 
And then shall many be offended. And this is what happens when people get offended. They start betraying one another. And they shall hate one another. And many false prophets. That's what allows a false prophet to rise up is an offense. You don't have any offense. A false prophet can't speak. You can't get deceived if you don't have an offense in your life. Nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of 100, a false prophet gains his advantage because people are offended. That's the text. And shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to keep your hearts warm. I want you to keep your... I want you to keep your hearts blessed. I want you to keep your hearts lifted up. I want you to be encouraged. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh at myself, but I'm trying to keep you encouraged. <laughs> but I want to show you there is a scriptural pattern that will keep you from being offended. And God will help you do that. That's what we want to see happen here tonight. God bless you. You may be seated. Our generation is plagued with the fact that many people are easily offended. We can see this played out in the news media continually. One of the most neglected signs of the coming of the Lord, one that we oftentimes fail to notice, is that during the last days, Jesus said, many shall be offended. Offenses plague our schools, they plague the jobs, they plague families, they plague friends, they plague churches, church members, preachers, and on and on it goes. And each of us should be constantly on guard against this deadly enemy, for it will kill you and it will destroy your soul and render you totally ineffective in the kingdom of God. Your prayers will not be heard nor answered and your love for God will be challenged. In Psalms 119, 165 lets us know there's a way that we can rise above being offended. I have many times done this and I have taught you in the rule of five to get into the word every day. But the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. And I know it looked, it sounds like a time-worn cliche, but here's the first step. Here's what you've got to do. Stay in the Word of God. I know very few people that have a consistent diet of the Word of God that are ever offended. Doesn't mean offenses won't come because Jesus promised us in his word, he told his disciples, offenses will come. But I say stay in the word. The promise to those who love the word of God tells us that they're going to have peace and nothing shall offend them. So I say, church, you need to read the word. You need to memorize the word. You need to love the word. You need to speak the word. You need to hear the word. You need to meditate on the word. You need to pray the word. You need to live that word and pray it continually every single day of your life. The one surefire power that comes against every offense is the word of God. 
What was the temptation of Satan in the wilderness was to try to get Jesus offended. Trying to get Jesus offended by the fact that he had just fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and there was still nothing to eat after his fast was done. Because it wasn't during the 40 days, it was after the 40 days. The beast came and surrounded him in the wilderness during the 40 days, but Satan appeared after the beast came and surrounded him after the 40 day fast. Did everything he could to get Jesus offended offended so he would use his power but you can't use supernatural power the miraculous does not work against offense I said the miraculous shouting and jumping doesn't work but what did Jesus use to defeat the devil he used what oh y'all went to Sunday school Amen. Thank God for Sunday school. He was defeated by the word of God. When you can speak the word, when you can hear the word, when you can read the word, when you can memorize the word, nothing. I said nothing. Nothing will offend you. Come on, we need to be a word church. You can't sing your way out of an offense, but you can speak your way out of an offense. You cannot shout your way out of an offense, but you can put the word on it and the word will defeat the enemy. Not one time, but every time. There's power in the word. And so here's another step that I want you to take because you don't, you don't look at criticism as being personal. You recognize that every critic that criticizes you is broken. Every critic that hurls criticism at you or anybody, they're broken. They're not bad people, but they are broken people and they are to be pitied and not respected. And whenever a watch breaks, you don't... You don't fight back and throw it against the wall, or how many of you do throw it against the wall, especially depending on how much money you paid for it. When an appliance breaks down, you don't get a hammer and tear it up. You simply get those things fixed. Criticism actually may be totally justified, but I'm talking about criticism that may not be justified. And whether it is or not is not really the point of this message, but it greatly helps when you're able to consider that all critics are broken people. And the brokenness has nothing to do with you. That brokenness started way before they ever met you. It was just the fact that whatever happened caused that brokenness to be revealed and it's generally revealed through offense. But it helps you to understand and then to pray for them. God, help heal what's broken in these people's lives. They're not bad people, but they are messed up people. And we, we, if we're going to be a witness and we're going to have revival, we're going to be praying some messed up people through. And they're going to walk in this church offended by everything their mama did, their daddy did, everything that's ever happened in their life. They're going to be offended by it. But I ask in the name of Jesus that we would be able to love them enough to help heal their brokenness 
so that God can fix what's wrong in their life. But not only that, I want you to fix what's wrong in your life. I want Jesus to bring his hand down into your life and lift you above the brokenness of yesterday and recognize that Jesus is triumphant over every offense. I said every offense because Jesus has triumphed over every bit of it. So stay in the word, stay in the word and remember that critics are broken. And here's another way. Do not love because of the object that you love. Love should be motivated by the condition of your heart and not because of the attributes of the one who you are loving. God does not love us because of what we are. He loves us because of who he is. He loves us because of what he is. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. Jesus died for the ungodly. That's what Romans 5, 6 declares. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He loved you when you were unlovable. He loved you when you were mean as a hornet. You still are. He still loves you. Romans 5, 7 through 8, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You cannot allow what you receive from other people to be the condition of your loving spirit. Your loving heart ought to be a created aspect of your walk with God, your rule of five. The love of God is not shed abroad in our hearts because everybody treats us right. That's not what the Bible says. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You need the touch of God's spirit in your life to bring about the love of God in your heart so that you can walk in peace. Know this, that people that are offended are not at peace. They're always troubled. They're always awakened in the night. They're always messed up about something because they're offended. But I believe that God wants to give you some peace. Why don't you let those grudges go? Why don't you bury the hatchet? Why don't you put everything under the blood? Go up to people and start blessing them in Jesus' name and just watch them melt and watch them just begin to freak out. Watch them say, my God, I can't believe they're blessing me. You ought to bless everybody around you because God has blessed you. You ought to bless them. Here's another way. First, stay in the word. Second, remember critics are broken. Third, do not love just because of the object, but love because God's done a work in your heart. And here's another thing, and this is what I've learned to do. Do not covet things or position. Mm. Most hurt feelings are caused by disappointments in not receiving what you felt like was your right whether it be a claim or a position that folks had wanted or craved, the less you covet, the less you will be offended. 
The Bible says that covetousness is idolatry. I believe that it's true. Our heart's want and desire should always be to help people and see them blessed and prospered. I have found that to be the best tool and weapon against offense in my life. When I felt like maybe somebody might have something against me, I pray that they would be blessed, that they would be helped, that they would prosper. Why in the world wouldn't you want this church to prosper? Why would you even go to a church that you don't want to prosper? That don't even make any sense to me. Because why would you want something you attend to fail? I'm a part of the United Pentecostal Church. Is it perfect? No. Are, are there flaws in it? Absolutely. But I want it to prosper. I've been a part of trying to get it to double for decades now. Me and Jack Cunningham put uh, the, the doubling to, to in a decade and the destiny to double and all of this. We did that because we wanted the church to prosper. Do we believe that everybody's nice? No. Do we believe that everybody wants the best for us? No. But we still want the church we're a part of. I'm not ignorant enough to go to a church that I don't want to prosper. That's just plain ignorance. I want to see every one of you prosper. Why in the world wouldn't I want you to be blessed? How are you going to pay tithes if you ain't got no money? I said, how are you going to give to Mother's Memorial if you broke? I want you blessed so you can at least give to Mama's Memorial. I want you to be blessed so that you can be helped. That's the reason why I've taught you to stay in the word and get the blessing tongue. Why? Because that will help deliver you from an offended spirit. It will lift you above it so that you can operate in peace, so that you can have some peace. I am looking at some troubled people, and you don't, you don't want me to know you're troubled. You want me to think you've got it all together, but I can see it in your eyes, and I can feel it in your spirit. Even if you got a smile on your face, you're troubled about what's coming on the earth. You're troubled about what's happening in our government. You're troubled about things in your life. I understand that. But listen, you need the peace of God that passes all understanding. You need that peace that'll break the chains of the enemy. There is no alternative for a Christian other than to be able to stand for the blessing and benefit of everyone around them. I know that there are unloving people around us. I know that there are unlovable people in our lives. But the Bible says that God wants us to learn how to love the unlovable. Because when sinners walk in here, they are unlovable in many ways. And if you knew everything about their life, you wouldn't want anything to do with them. But thank God, I've got a Jesus that died on the cross. Church, it's time for us to rise above the offense and say, I refuse to be offended any longer. I will not allow unforgiveness to rule in my spirit. I'm going to apply the word of God. Quit denying you're offended and you really are. You're just only 
prolonging the agony. You need to just go ahead. You know what? I'm offended, but I'm fixing to get over it right now, and I'm going to whoop the devil in Jesus' name. I'm going to put some word all up on him, and when I get finished with him, he'll be screaming and squalling and carrying on because I want the church to prosper. I want it to double. I want souls to be saved. I want lives to be changed. Church, we need to get the covetousness out of our hearts. I said we need to get the covetousness out of our heart. Whatever God wants for our lives, that's what I want. That's always what I've been able to do before the Lord. God, whatever you want, not my will, but thine be done. I don't care what it is, just have your way and do your thing. And wherever that puts me and wherever that places me, I am as happy as I can be because I know it is the will of God. When I hear of my brothers and my sisters having revival all over the world, I'm so excited about their report because that means the church is prospering. That means that what I've lived my whole life for is working and the church is not going down. Did you hear me? The church isn't going down, it's going on and it's going strong, and it's been strong. Don't listen to all of the bitter people. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. The church is moving on, and we're having revival. And I say, whoo! I know you think this message is out of your reach. I get it. And I know a lot of people say, well, I just can't connect with that message. I know because it's out of your reach. That means you can't do what I'm preaching. I understand that. And so I'm, I'm calling your hand on a little bit. So that way I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> but anyway, calling your hand on just a little bit. And, and you need your hand called on it. Because you're hiding. And as you hide, the enemy's gaining advantage of you. And we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We understand how it works. And... You feel like it's out of your reach. I, I recognize that. Now, I want you to consider something. Allow that your critic may not have been privileged to know what you know. If people seem a little out of reach, it doesn't hurt for you to try to reach out to them because they may not have all the facts. Hmm. You know, a person can dislike me and not steal and not really be a bad person. We're so constructed that a person could be mean to the rest of the world and good to us. And you think they're good because they were good to you and they mean to everybody else but you. And we would think he was a good person or he could be good to the rest of the whole world and be mean to us. And we would think he's a bad person. You've all probably at some time or another looked at somebody and thought, how could anybody really like him? And yet there's a mama somewhere that loves him. You know, that, you know, have you ever heard the, the, the quote, uh, they have a face that only a mama could love? <laughs> I mean, not any of you, not any of you. I hadn't heard anything like that here. You know, no one criticizes a baby because he can't ride a bicycle. No one criticizes a child because he doesn't know trigonometry. You, you know, you, you don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Unless you're on drugs. 
Why should we have our feelings hurt by those that are not privileged to have learned what we have learned? A lot of people don't have our revelation and our inspiration. They just don't have what we have walked in all of our lives. I've walked in this rule of five since I was a kid. I've walked in this all of my life. Not everybody has walked in that. And so they've walked for, with God with limited information and limited knowledge because they've not been in the Word. They're not equipped for that right now. So I need to cut them some slack. Would you just turn to your neighbor, don't put your hands on them, but say, cut them some slack. Cut them some slack. Why should our feelings be hurt over some things? We ought to be able to walk with God. This church ought to be triumphant. And that means you, and I'm not just talking about the church corporately, although I am referring to it corporately, but you're the church. How many of you would at, at, at least admit this? I'm in the church. I'm not talking about, I'm in the church of Jesus Christ, okay? That one, all right? How many of you are in the church? How many of you got the Holy Ghost? How many of you know that there are people, and I understand church wounds are difficult to deal with. I recognize when an authority has offended you that it's difficult to get over that. But you got to get over it. You can't let authorities uh, offend you. And I, I've been offended by, uh, uh, there's been offenses at just about every authority I've ever had in my life because they make decisions that they have to make. And those decisions I may not always be agreeable to. But you can't let that stop you. You gotta, you say, well, I'm gonna put a smile on, no, you don't wanna put a smile on that little old mug of yours because it ain't gonna help that face. It's your spirit that I want to change. I don't want to smile on your, oh, well, I'm going to go and praise the Lord. No, I want you to put some word on that, and I want you to spend some time with Jesus uh, until you overcome it. Quit judging people and go before the Lord and let him judge you. Statement number six that I'd like to make to you that I think is so important. We don't know all the facts. Another way not to be offended is to remember that you don't have all the facts. You might think you know, but you just don't know. And we've all judged people in life and had strong opinions until we heard the facts. And after we've heard all the facts, oh, I didn't know that. And that's in those cases where you recognize, oh, I didn't know what they get gone through. I didn't know what they had to do. I didn't know that they had all that on them. I didn't know they were raised that way. I didn't know that they got their fire beat out of them. I didn't realize they had all that in their life, all these wounds. Then you can begin to pray for them that God would minister to them. Now you can understand why people get hurt. And, and, and th here's what's happening in our society. This is the reason why God put it on my heart so strongly. This is what's happening in society because everybody's using other people's offenses to gain power over us. You ever noticed, you notice in that? They're using everybody's offense. Everybody's offended by something. They're offended that you're offended and they're getting up and saying they're all offended. 
and they're using that to gain power. And this is what happens when you get offended. You give the, power, you give the devil power over you. And when he gets power and authority over you, you can't pray your way through that. You can't speak your way through that. You got to go back and you got to take away from him what gave him that authority because Jesus defeated him at Calvary. But if you're offended, that means you're not at the cross. You're somewhere else and you are open game and the devil can take you down. That's the reason why, church, if there's ever a time we needed to rise above our offenses so we could destroy and defeat the enemy, it is now. Here's another reason why that it's important for you not to be offended because there's a high cost attached to being offended. Some vacationers were visiting Yellowstone National Park and they were waiting to see a grizzly bear and one finally came out and they were amazed as the park ranger talked to them about how strong a grizzly bear is. He can defeat almost any animal in the Western world with the exception of the bull, buffalo, or Kodiak bear. And after a while, the grizzly bear was eating among all of the stuff that was there at uh, Yellowstone, and then a skunk comes out <laughs> right up next to that bear and was eating the same thing the bear was eating, and the bear didn't touch him. And so they were amazed. Why doesn't that, the bear can kill a skunk? And the park ranger said he sure can, but the cost. Huh? <laughs> uh, the cost. He just knows that it's not worth the cost. I mean, just one swipe. But yes, what a stink that skunk can bring up. When we're offended by people, we give them power over us. You say, what kind of power? They have power over your sleep. Say, I can't eat. Well, they've got power over your appetites. They've got power. My blood pressure went up. Yeah, they got power over your blood pressure too. My health's gone down. Yep, they got power over your health. Well, I don't have any peace of mind. They got power over that too. You gave somebody the power to raise your blood pressure, kill your appetite. You won't even eat Krispy Kreme or peanut brittle. No wonder you don't want to come work. Huh? I refuse to give anybody that kind of power over me. And I might add that our families suffer because we can't help them. We can't be a blessing to them because we're closed off because we're offended and so it affects everybody in our family. Our kids are affected. Everybody's affected. I refuse. The Bible says to love your enemies. Why did he say that? That's not just good ethics. That's good to bless your health. That'll put your blood pressure back down. That'll give you peace of mind. 
You say, well, I'm just not happy because of so-and-so, but I refuse to walk in this earth like Haman did, and because of one man that would not bow to him, he was upset and ruined his whole life because of what one man was doing. I refuse to give my destiny to one person, no matter who they are. I say put some word on that. Love your enemies. Bless those that despitefully use you. Bless those that curse you. Rise up and love the unlovable and watch God begin to turn your life completely around. Why in the world would you spend your whole life trying to get even with somebody and then you create that bitterness and I know everybody has a different way of handling this. Some people pout. Some people get cold. Some people don't talk. Some people do this. They withhold friendship. They withhold the blessing and on and on and on. And Shakespeare once said, heat not a furnace for your foe so hot that it singeth thee. <laughs> Be careful how you do that. If we're not saintly enough to lo love those that criticize us at least, let us learn how not to be offended. No one can humiliate us or disturb us unless we let them. Epictus said, in the long run, every man will pay the penalty for his own misdeeds. And I believe that. And the man who remembers this will be angry with no one, indignant with no one, revile no one, blame no one, be offended at no one, and hate no one. Now listen, if you and I had inherited what our enemies inherited or somebody we don't like and if life had done to us what it's done to them, we might not have done as well as they have done. You thought about that? Because some people have come through some stuff. Everybody here's got a story. Somebody's come through something. But thank God you've made it through. And we need to remember that if we don't remember nothing else. Don't go through life doing things for others and expecting gratitude. That's statement number eight. Don't ask me to recount all of them. I'm just on number eight. If you're expecting something, and if you're expecting people to applaud and affirm you for everything you do, you will be messed up forever. If you expect it, you are doomed to disappointment because that's not what this is about. Well, I was thinking that they would have at least said thank you. I didn't even get a card. I didn't get a thank you. You got to do things without the pessimistic spirit of wanting something in return. You know, one of the best things I learned to do is quit trying to pay my tithes so God will bless me financially. The minute I stopped paying my tithes mm, in order to get a financial blessing, I just kept paying them and I said, you know what? I'm just going to thank the Lord that I got something to give. Praise the Lord. I got enough. I got $150 for preaching a whole revival and selling all kinds of dinners and everything else and helping them pay off the church. They gave me $150. I paid $15 tithes. 
on that $150. You didn't take out this, and I didn't take out nothing. I took out tithes first. But I learned that if I'll keep paying them without expecting a return. Then I got into another spiritual category. Now God said, I will bless you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. If you can learn that principle, you ought to be able to shout every time. God does not bless you for what you do because then it, it, it multiplies exponentially and it keeps on adding up until when God opens up the windows of heaven, he will pour out a blessing that there's not room to receive it. So I, I kept doing that. I kept paying my tithes and I said, I'm not expecting anything. And guess what? I still didn't get nothing. I, I didn't get any checks in the mail. Didn't get God to bless in any particular way. But then I had a breakthrough in a revival. And I said, now, when I got through the revival and we had hundreds of people get the Holy Ghost, I looked back and I said, God, why? I didn't do anything different. Didn't preach even that good. But yet you blessed it. He said, you remember when I told you to quit paying your tithes in order to have my blessing on your life? And you just started doing it because you were enjoying giving. I have been reserving this revival to show you that there are blessings that come on you. that gives you dominion over the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! There are more blessings than just financial blessings. I could show that to you tonight. I would change your life and you would quit resenting what you've given that God did not give back to you something that you could be, that was tangible. How many of you got a great family? You ought to be jumping up and shouting right now over just that one thing. If you don't get nothing else, Look at these grandbabies. If I don't get nothing else, if I just get that, and beside all that, if I can make heaven. Here's something else the Lord taught me. This is in my rule of five when I was reading the word. He said, you want to know why I didn't bless you for what you did here, here, here. He just pointed out a few things. He said, you want to know why there was nothing tangible? He said, because you got to have treasure in heaven. And he said, do you want it now? Or do you want to wait? 
I'm just telling you what God told me in communion with him. I didn't hear no sermon. I wasn't at general conference when God said that. I was just in my little rule of five place. That's all I was. He said, you want, you want it now. I'll give it to you now, but that's all you're going to get. But if you'll wait till you get over there, if you'll wait, I said, I'll wait, praise God. So you know what? I just keep putting in whatever God wants to give back now, that's up to him. I'm not questioning no more about it. I stopped questioning God about it and I just keep on giving. Hallelujah. So don't expect gratitude and you won't be disappointed. And if it does come, fine. I mean, money matters especially. Charles Schwab once saved a bank cashier who had speculated in the stock market with funds that belonged to the bank. Schwab felt for the man and he liked the man, so he put up the money to save him from going to the penitentiary. Was the cashier grateful? He said for at first, yes. But he turned against Schwab and he reviled him and he denounced him. And that was done to the man who had kept him from going to jail. You know, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Don't be offended because people are ungrateful. Don't be offended by that. No reason to. Shout the victory. You ought to thank God that they're ungrateful. Just to find out whether or not you can be grateful about their ungratefulness. Say, I can't do that. Yes, you can. If you're in the word, you can. What do you think Jesus did? They spit on him. There was only one disciple, one of his 12. That was all that was at the cross. And he sent him home with mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. Take care of my mama, all right? Yeah, mama, that's your, that's John. That's your son now. Hey, son, John, that's your mama. Go take care of her and get on up out of here and let me die. And there was no one with him. He died alone. Nobody with him. And yet he rose from the grave. Triumphant. You want to be happy? Quit trying to get a return on what you do here on the earth and let it be treasure in heaven. Learn to give because God wants you to. Learn to give because the Bible says to give. Learn to do things for somebody else because God instructs us in his word to do that. Learn to love somebody that don't return that to you because of God's word. Learn to forgive somebody. Learn to turn the other cheek. Learn to go to the second mile. Learn to suffer yourselves to be defrauded. Amen. Somebody said the other day, said, well, I want to give you a gift. I said, okay, what is it? They gave it to me. It was a peanut brittle. I said, no greater gift. <laughs> Did you tell my wife? <laughs> they said, no, I haven't, and I won't. I said, that's even better. Praise God. 
I ate that one and then asked sister, you laden to go get me another one. <laughs> huh? Amen. How much is that peanut brittle now? I got to pay for it, praise God. Don't be offended. I promise you that the Bible promises you that you can't outgive God. I don't care who you are. You just can't. I want God to use me. Even if I'm despised, I want God to use me. Hallelujah. Because one day I'm going to be in a nursing home. Hopefully not. Worried about the color of jello that I'm going to be eating for dinner. <laughs> and I want to be happy in Jesus. Like some of the saints that I've had the privilege of visiting in the nursing home through 20 years that were still excited about Jesus that would tell me the only thing I regret is I can't come to church anymore. That's what I want to be. Pray God. Hallelujah. What kind of jello am I eating today? Amen. It's green. Oh, Lord, I hate green. But praise the Lord, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. Come on, church. This isn't just for here and now. This is for all eternity. I said this is for all eternity. So you got to learn to speak softly, speak kindly, speak gently. Remember, Jesus healed 10 lepers. How many came back to thank him? One. Oh, y'all went to Sunday school. Y'all to thank God for your Sunday school teacher. One. One. So about one out of 10 is about all you're going to get. That's about all you can hope for. One out of 10. How many uh, do you think that Jesus said would receive the word of God? About 25% of the hundred received the word of God. And so that's about all you can hope for. There's about 2.5 that hear the gospel that want to come and be a part of what we're doing here. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18 and 19 says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. You can't hardly break into that strong city and get past those bars that are like the bars of a castle when somebody's offended. And probably every one of you have tried to get through those bars at some time or another in your life, and you're just not going to be able to do it. But don't be like that brother in Proverbs 18 and 19. Soften your spirit. The wisdom of God and James said, be easily entreated. Don't be hard against people. Don't walk away and snub people. Give them a chance, even if they don't repent. Well, I'm not going to forgive them until they say they're sorry. Well, you go into your grave with unforgiveness because they'll never do it. It's been my experience in 60 three every 11 years, they will never do it because pride will not allow them. But that doesn't mean I can't forgive them. And that, 
I'm going to tell you how strong that is. That's just as strong. I can go preach for them and pray all kind of people through for them and bless them and honor them in their pulpit, knowing how they feel and doesn't bother me one single bit. Not anymore. It used to when I was a kid, but now it don't bother me at all. I can go and bless and honor them and loose the Holy Ghost on every last one of them. Why? Because when I'm just looking at the color of the jello, I want to make sure everything's all right between me and Jesus. Because I'd rather see the church prosper than my little feelings affirmed. I'd rather see you blessed than my feelings affirmed. Why? Because that is the will of God. When Jesus was reviled, he reviled not again. When he was persecuted, he threatened not. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep dumb before his shearers. So he opened not his mouth. And Jesus said one time, blessed is he that is not offended in me. Thank God for those that are not offended. May we be numbered among them. I believe that God wants to give us understanding. Now notice, Jesus did offend people. Ah, see, you got to understand, Jesus did offend people. He didn't intentionally do it, but he knew he was doing it when he did it. He offended the Pharisees. He offended his hometown in Nazareth. He offended members of his family. He offended the disciples. He offended friends. They even came and said, do you know when you said that, that you offended them? He said, sure did. That's why I said it. Didn't change a thing that he said, knowing he was going to offend them because he had rather obey God. There was never anybody of a woman that was greater than John the Baptist, but he almost got offended because that's who Jesus told to go tell John, blessed is he that's not offended in me. Because you can get offended in Jesus because Jesus might choose somebody else beside you. God's not going to give me everybody's anointing. Quit trying to put somebody's anointing, somebody else's anointing on me or anyone else in this church. Everybody's anointed to do a different thing. Everybody's got a different ministry. Well, they don't preach like this one and they don't, they don't need to preach like this one or that one. Because whatever they were preaching like didn't help you none. <laughs> sure didn't. Didn't help you at all. You're still just as mean as you were before. So don't even consider that. No, what you need to do is you need to bless people with the true anointing that Jesus wants to put on them. As long as they're preaching the truth and living what they preach, let's shout. Amen. Go tell John the lame walk, the deaf hear, the blind see, the dumb talk, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And that's all the reports you ever need to keep you from being offended. If I could just get a good report, there's your report. We got people getting the Holy Ghost all over the world, even in a pandemic. You cannot be offended. And that's a fact. God is not going to excuse you at judgment. And especially after this message, that seals your fate right there. 
you have to repent of that offense. And what you have to do, here's, here's, here's what I've done all my life, is if, if that spirit of offense comes to me, immediately I go to God in prayer. Okay, God, what's wrong in me that something stupid like that would offend me? First thing I do. I don't, I don't say God zap them, straighten them out, knock them upside the head. They got to come and ask for, they got to give me a million dollar check. Well, that'd be nice. <laughs> you can't do that, okay? But I, <laughs> I never get the check in the mail. It really is aggravating. <laughs> but I'm not offended. I mean, I just went and preached for another guy. I mean, I preached and put the blessing. You, my wife heard me bless them. And the next day, a couple comes into the office and hands him a million dollar check. And I say, Jesus, help me. I'm talking about one million. Ow! And he didn't even call me to pay tithes. I don't even get 1%. But I do get a testimony. And I'm going to tell you, the million dollar check won't defeat the dragon, but the word of my test, woo, I'll shout on my own sermon. I said the word of my testimony. Let God change in you. What caused that? Because whatever it is, it's wrong. There's something in you that's not, your character's messed up. Personality, whatever it is, find it and let God correct it. And I guarantee you immediately, you won't be offended at nothing anymore. You'll be at perfect peace. Because God, and it may not have anything to do with the offense. It just may have been that God used that to try to get to you so that he could open the door for you to ask him that question. Amen. You can stand. I'm done. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say to them, learn to work on thyself alone. Work on myself alone. It'll straighten up every marriage conflict. It'll correct every situation. It'll remove doubt. And it'll put you in perfect peace. Not that what is wrong in you caused that person to offend you. No. That's not the reason. People just do that because that's people. Okay? That's just life. You can't, you can't do anything about that. All I can do is what I know works. 
This works. Okay, God, what is it? You got to show me because that should not have offended me. That should not have been an offense to me. I shouldn't have got, I shouldn't have felt anything about that at all. I should have blessed them. I should have whatever. What is it? And then he'll show it to me every time. You know, that's one thing. That's one prayer God's never failed to answer. What do I need to correct? <laughs> I mean, not one time has God ever failed to answer that prayer. And he won't ever fail it in you. He'll show you. Brother Kinsey, what? I need God to show me. Oh, he will. Don't worry about it. Just ask him. He'll be all up in it, showing you what you need to correct. Quick. But if you're not in the word, then you don't have any defense. None. But this book is your defense. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes, and I want you to say to the Lord right now, God, I have made up in my mind tonight. I will never be offended again. I will let you do this work. I will walk in this truth, and I will be delivered from these offenses. I want deliverance, God. I don't want to be offended at my God for what he has done and has not done, for what he has said and what he has not said. I don't want a spirit of jealousy in my heart toward anybody else's anointing and what God uses in their life to accomplish. I want God to, as far as my position, God's free to do whatever he wants to, he's God, but I want God to know that I release him to bless. Come on, saints of God, let the Holy Ghost do a work in your heart right now. Come on, saints of God, I want you to pray and seek the Lord. Oh. Come on, begin to seek the Lord. Show me what I need to work on. Show me what I need to change about myself because I'll walk around offended by everything, Lord. That's it. Come on, let your voice be heard in this house. Rabosha Tabaya Ria Palalalia 
Come on, church. We're, we got to rise above that. We got to become the people of God. We got to be a voice in this generation. God wants to use this church to see revival in a greater dimension than we've ever seen in our entire history. I know some of you feel like this word's beyond your reach. I get that. But it's not beyond what God is able to work in your spirit. It's not beyond what the Holy Ghost is able to do. It's not beyond this word that can do the work in your spirit. It'll change you completely and totally and absolutely. Hallelujah. It'll release you to worship again. It'll release you to have joy again. I don't care if it's back from your childhood. Put it under the blood and let it go and let God be glorified by the work that he does in your life. Now, if you're going to walk in the spirit of forgiveness right now, where you're going to forgive everything, Jesus' name. You're going to walk in the spirit of forgiveness. You're going to commit to it. I'm not after those who've already decided what you're going to do and you're going to walk in your unforgiveness to the last breath you take. I, I get that. And I, I did not preach this message for you. But I preached this for all the sweet people that know they're bothered by it and they want to overcome it. They desire to overcome it. And there are enough people, God told me, there are many people in this church that want to overcome and they want to be victorious. So I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I forgive it all. I want to walk in a spirit of forgiveness. I want to be the child of God. I want to be the child of God that you want me to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.